This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am so excited that you are here. Still, Dave, I am still inside of this quarantine with you. I am uh, excited this month to dive into your health journey by sharing a little bit of my health journey so that we can together help you plan the perfect routine for you. I hope you're here for it. Uh, It's raining in the background, so you may hear an occasional raindrop. Don't worry, I'm fine, I'm inside. Uh, But I'm very, very excited about today's class. I think it will be very helpful to you and will more than anything illuminate the fact that a journey that you will be on inside of your health is in fact a you journey, right? I'm gonna share a whole bunch of stuff about how I have in my adult life approached health in a completely different way than I did when I was younger, but the things that have worked for me, frankly, may work for you and may not. More than anything, I want them to inspire you to think differently about how you are intentional and purposeful in building a plan, in going on a journey that is thoughtful about routine, thoughtful about eating, thoughtful about moving, thoughtful about the way that you're pouring into your healths that we have talked about in last month's class. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. I've come up with six things to start us off with where we need to begin. What's it going to take to actually build a routine that works for you? So the first thing uh, on this list is consistency, right? Consistency. When it comes to what kind of routine we want to consider building, it absolutely must be something that you can do over and over and over again forever and ever. Amen. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard the line consistency compounds. It's as true in health and our routines as anything else. Our friend John Maxwell, he once said, your health is the accumulation of your choices, good or bad, over time. If you decide each day to make good choices, no matter how seemingly insignificant, those choices compound as the days pass. Yes, they do. We talked in a recent class about the power of and importance of momentum. The power of a body staying in motion. The concept that when you're already moving, the energy to keep moving is just inherently less because of the way you're already rolling forward. Remember, why does a car get better gas mileage on the highway? It's because the energy required from the engine to keep it moving forward is less because of how fast it's already moving down the road. And the same goes for each of us. We have to find ways to build routines that we can do consistently over a long period of time so that we can keep ourselves heading toward this version of who we say we want to become. 
in a way that requires the least amount of additional energy so that we can stay consistent on the days that we don't feel like doing it. So we're going to take an in-class activity break in between a, a few of these six initial building blocks. And the first thing I want to try and dive into is 60 seconds. I want you just to, in 60 seconds, write down every single thing you can that has historically been a block for you remaining consistent with the routine or the eating habit or the exercise program or the spiritual practice, whatever it was in your life that you committed to but ultimately fell off the track of. Knowing what it's been that has been in your way and architecting a plan for how you'll eliminate those barriers is the only way that you're actually going to be able to do the work consistently, committed, let's go, dive in, write down all the barriers you can. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, good work. The second block, building block for me is attainability. Attainability. So as we think about diving into a routine that you can stay consistent with, attainability is incredibly important because you have to be able to do the thing that you are trying to build every single day. And we've talked a lot about SMART goals inside of this class, right? Goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. When it comes to building a routine, I think the two most important pieces of a SMART goal are that they are attainable for you and that they specifically live inside of and are relevant to you. We're going to talk about relevance in just a second, but in developing a daily plan that is honest with and grounded in self-awareness for what is actually reasonable and possible in your life with your kids and your schedule and your physical ability, and your budget, and the season of abundance or grief that you're currently walking through is the only way you can build a a routine that you can stick with. What is realistic in this season, right? There's so many times, I hear so many stories of people having the reason for why they didn't maintain a routine was because they tried to go so hard so fast. They denied the reality of what an average Tuesday looks like. And particularly inside of a world that looks and feels different than the one that we all lived in six months ago, being honest about how virtual schooling or less access to an in-person community or the stresses of job insecurity and all the rest, they have to be taken into consideration when you think about what kind of routine will work for you. Now, that is not an offer for you to let yourself off the hook. My hope is that you'll find a way to both honor where you're at, the practical realities of your life, and push yourself to construct something that still puts you just outside your comfort zone at times, that still requires discipline, and that frankly still takes work because that's the only way the routine is going to be worth anything at all. But not so much discomfort that the effort isn't attainable over the long term. So let's do another quick in Class exercise of you writing down as many things of you as you can. Honor the things that you're holding in this season. 
Where do your headwinds come from? Yes, part of these answers will illustrate why you need to build this dang routine in the first place. But also, hopefully, it's something that also helps you appreciate the kind of space, the kind of grace, the kind of ratcheting in a gradual fashion that is required to make a routine work over time that's considerate of the life that you're living, of the unprecedented times that we're in, of the places you'll need to pace yourself or create boundaries that actually afford you and this plan an opportunity to be attainable over time. Third pillar beyond consistency and attainability is relevance, right? That's the other piece of these SMART goals when it comes to routine that I think you have to be super connected to. You need a routine that is uniquely and specifically relevant to you. As much as I'm going to share some very specific detail of how I approach my daily routine, my approach to eating, the way I exercise, pay special attention to my mental and spiritual health, the things that work for me work for me. And some of them may, of course, be relevant to you and the thing that you need, but you are going to have to figure that out on your own because these things have to, in building out a good plan, be relevant to you. The approach to building my routine came in the form of answering a simple question across the five components of health. What do I need during this time in my life to support my vision of who I'm becoming? Right? What do I need in this time of my life to support my vision of who I'm becoming? And I asked the question for each of my physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, and relational health buckets, right? All the healths. And in doing so, in trying to get specific about my needs in real time, I am trying to build a routine that's a reflection of my evolution, of who I am becoming, how I am every day trying to take a step closer to that vision of who I'd hope to be. So as we dive through the rest of today's course, you'll see how the answers to these questions informed what I commit to and hold myself accountable to every day in a way that I hope maybe inform how you will also, at the end of this section, answer these questions and create some accountability for yourself. So let's talk about physical health first. What do I, what do I, Dave, need in this season with my physical health? I'm going to answer this question for me. And at the end of the section, you're going to answer this question for yourself. Well, I need to fuel my body with foods that bless it. All right, we're going to dive into nutrition at the end of today's course. But the headline for me was understanding what foods give me energy for the day that I want to have and make me feel the way that I want to while staying away from the things that don't suit me or my interest in forward motion, right? So for me, that is, I got to eat a lot more greens, a lot more protein, far fewer carbs, and no booze. So what am I putting in my body? Number two, when it comes to my physical health, I have to move my body to change my mind. What do I need in this season? My mind has needed to be changed a lot. It's part of why I've ran so stinking far in August. I'm processing a lot of things. And most of my physical goals are unbelievably connected to my mental health as well. I get out almost every single day for a minimum of 30 minutes, but usually for at least an hour. And I do so because of the way being on the road has acted as that great combination of therapy and church. And then the third thing that I need in this season in my physical health is I need to set aggressive targets that remind me of how strong I can be, right? I have needed to work toward things that are beyond my previous 
physical thresholds to show myself that even in a hard season, I can do hard things, right? That was the better, stronger lesson of a mountain climb. And it's why the 200 miles in August was so important. I find myself currently training for this Ironman because I want to prove to myself, even in the midst of a hard season, that I can do an incredibly hard thing. So that's what I need right now in my physical health. What do I need in this season? What, Dave, do you need in this season in your spiritual health? Well, in a world where I have felt more out of control than usual because of the things that are happening in the transition of this relationship, I needed to connect to a power greater than myself every single day. So I come and I sit on this rock at the end of a run each morning and I start my day there in a conversation with God and finish each day on a back patio where listening to some music connects me to this spiritual thing greater than myself in a way that bookends my days, right? Starting and ending my day by pouring into my spiritual health has been a wildly important way to sandwich the day to keep me grounded when things start to feel overwhelming, which in this season, they probably do at times for you as well. So uh, I have committed beginning and end of day. That's what I need right now in this season season, uh, from a spiritual health perspective. Dave, what do you need in this season for your emotional health? What do you need in this season for your emotional health? Well, what I have needed in this season for my emotional health, how do I feel? I've needed to try and find ways to understand what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. It might be the practical, pragmatic part of my being, but I have looked for the answers to understand my feelings more in uh, the season that I find myself in than ever before in my life. And my answer has been investing time and energy in reading books that might help me make my way through the grief and the pain that is a transitioning family, the uncertainty and chaos that is quarantine, the questions of what ends up being next for the future as I try to fill out that blank piece of paper. I read a little bit every single night. It's been 102 days, who's counting, of new normal for me. And I've spent a little time each night with people like Michael Singer and The Untethered Soul. Joel Dispenza and a book he wrote called Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. Eckhart Tolle's Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment called The Power of Now. Donald Miller's book about relationships and intimacy called Scary Close. A book on what I'm experiencing in the separation called Growing Through Divorce. You want me to go on? Okay, I'll keep going because I have been reading for 102 days. I'm reading uh, a book currently called When Things Fall Apart, about how to process grief, a book on happiness, joy, and personal freedom called The Four Agreements, a book on codependency called Codependent No More. I just finished Jay Shetty's new book, Think Like a Monk, all about the power we have to control our minds. These books in What Dave Do You Need for Your Emotional Health have been an answer key for understanding what I am feeling. And there is, on my nightstand for the very first time in my life, a stack of eight more books. Everything from shame to healing to love and mindfulness in every single case. The words from these authors and their books have been fuel for me in my pursuit of an exceptional, emotionally healthy self. So that's the first thing I need. I need some answers. What are you feeling and why are you feeling it? The next thing I need when it comes to my emotional health is peace. I need some dang peace, (laughs) y'all. I mean, 
it has been chaotic. And in this season, I'm sure there's chaos for you too. So as you think about what you need emotionally, peace may in fact also come, come up on your list. So how do I pursue peace as a way of having it be part of a daily routine? This evening back patio of peace thing that I have created is the way that I'm finding it. Once the kids are down or if they aren't here in the evenings as the sun's going down, I am intentionally carving out space to sit and be calm, to be quiet, to, yes, sometimes listen to music, but sometimes to listen to nothing and just sit in it. For the first time in my life, I have been meditating. I, I am trying to bring myself back to neutral when I start to spin or become anxious. And I've been using this app called Insight Timer. It's not an ad, but I'll tell you, they've got 50,000 free meditations that you can listen to in real time. And as someone who was skeptical of or resistant a little to the idea of meditating, maybe because of how I was raised inside of the faith tradition that I was, regardless, meditation is awesome. Uh, I'm going to become as big an advocate for meditating as I am for therapy. Look out. Uh, and the third thing that I need when it comes to my emotional health in real time, I need to stay connected to all that I can be grateful for. All the good in my life. When things feel hard, it can feel so easy to lose focus or to pull yourself away from the good that can exist in the bad. It takes intention. It takes commitment. But if you look for the good, write it down every single day. It will force you to be on the hunt for it in a way that will allow you to see it. We're going to talk about uh, gratitude just a little bit more in just a moment. All right. You still with me? I hope that you're with me. Dave, what do you need in this season for your mental health? Remember, this is my journey. These are my answers. I'm going to ask you to answer these questions in a minute. What I need for my mental health in this season is professional help. I need a pro. I need to see a therapist. And I tell you what, I if, if you thought I was an advocate of therapy before walking into divorce, I've never been so serious about the importance of talking through hard things with an objective person than I am right now. I am blessed to have in this therapist someone who can normalize my struggle and offer me some questions on how I might reframe the experience of this experience. And I have at least one time a week for the last four months had breakthrough after breakthrough and understanding of the work that still remains ahead to continue processing what I am processing. But a professional has been a big part of my journey. What else do I need in my mental health? I need motivation or ways to hack my motivation. I know we've talked previously about how I have to hack my motivation and I do it in part because of there being such an incredible tie between how I stay moving forward and how I feel mentally. I, yes, surround myself with positivity, and yes, I set SMART goals, and yes, I have accountability partners, but also I found an interesting hack in listening to short motivational videos to start my day. Another app, also not an ad, but there's something called Motivate that I listen to to start every day to just remind me to get up and get going. It's a kick in the pants. It's a get up, even if you don't feel like it today, kind of device that on the days when I don't feel like it, which in this season can happen all the time, it just gives me a little bit of a push to get my shoes on and get out on the roads, to get up and chase after the day or whatever it might mean. And the third thing that I need when it comes to my mental health is grace. Hello, uh, 
I need a huge serving of grace in this season when it comes to my mental health. Uh, I am uh, I have come to fully appreciate the non-linear nature that grief is. Um, it's hard to learn that lesson, but I think it's important for anyone to learn it. And for me, if uh, you haven't heard it, to just normalize it. We are collectively experiencing the grieving of what was and what will be. And we have to appreciate that part of the reason routine is so important is to keep us ready for the hard days, not the good ones, but the hard days that will inevitably end up showing up as a part of the human experience, right? When, when I say it's nonlinear, I mean like you could have three or four great days in a row and then a bad day comes out of nowhere and you don't know sometimes even why. The routine that you have is there to make you better capable, better able to actually thrive through the bad day, through the hard day, uh, as much as it's going to set you up well on the good ones. If you have a bad day, that is a reflection of your humanity. I have also come to learn, as part of why I need grace, that it does not make you bad or weak or not enough. It makes you normal and regular and human, like every single person in this community, to have a hard day inside of hard times. Why are we talking about this? Because grace is the remedy that I am interested in for my mental health in this season. All right, last one, relational health. What, Dave, do you need in this season for your relational health? Well, the first thing I need, and I will argue that probably all of us need, is connection. The experience of this quarantine has thrown all of us out of the normal ways that we previously connected with other humans that were important in our life, right? It's probably a thing that we even took for, took for granted before all of this was thrust upon us and now find it gone. And going through these times, can they can feel so freaking lonely. Let's be honest. So you have to be, I, Dave, you have to be really proactive and intentional in how I find ways to spend time with other people, even virtually or over the phone or in regular text conversations, it is more important now than it has ever been. Uh, I will say, I mean, I, I, I posted about this not terribly long ago, but one of the most meaningful things that has happened inside of this divorce is the way that I have found the importance of relationship and relational connection from those around me to be on the days when things feel hard. My pastor sent this text for like two consecutive months. Every single morning, he sent the same text. What small piece of sadness can I hold for you today? Oh, what a, like, what a gift. Because, yep, shouldering hard things is a hard thing. And the ability to just share one thing that he could carry was so important. I need connection, like you need connection, for your relational health during this season. And there may be someone inside of your life that needs you to ask them what small piece of sadness you can hold for them today. Uh, fight and staying connected with other people, even on the days where I don't feel like being connected to other people, is so important for me right now. The second thing in my relationship needs, I need to lean into my family, my family, my whole family, even as it changes. So for me, that has meant uh, Sawyer Hollis is now being coached by me, the big guy in Little League. Uh, I've been able to throw a great birthday party here. We built this great dirt track out back. We're uh, rolling four wheelers on. Uh, but it's also being really intentional in how 
I work with Ray on creating consistency in how our two kids have similar experiences at what now is two different houses or fighting with her in a good way to be amazing co-parents in a way that always puts the kids first, working to give grace as often as possible as we navigate this brand new space. So from a routine perspective, what does it mean for routine, Dave? Well, it's included how we plan family dinners still, how we respect each other in the shifting calendar with very clear communication, very regular updates of the emotional needs that our kids may present so that we can keep the other in the know. It's just about paying attention to, for me, again, what's my relational need? The needs of my family, my whole family in this transition. And what's the last thing I need uh, from my relational health perspective in this season? I need boundaries from anyone who wants to steal my fight for joy. My calendar, my social feed, my text exchange, they are all exclusive to positivity. Life is already hard enough that I am not in a place where I can carry the weight of a jerk who wants to try and be mean or rude or steal my pursuit of joy. So part of my routine has been regularly auditing how the things I consume and of the people I interact with who are fueling me and feeding me and who are not. If seeing me, all of me, how awesome I think I am isn't a part of what you can bring to the table in relationship with me, there's now a boundary that exists as I protect my possibility for peace and joy. All right, so those were the answers to what, for me, have been wildly important but pretty simple questions of what do you need in this season? So I want you to take some time answering these questions yourself. Take three minutes, give one or two answers per health question, uh, but please come back to this, right? If you can take three or four minutes right now and just give a couple of answers to each of the questions, but then come back and actually build it out a little bit, this is something that you'll have to come back to as you look to fully build out a routine that works well for you. This informs that routine, right? These are the breadcrumbs that will lead to what you're looking for. All right, so go to work. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, good work. Uh, hopefully you feel like you're well on your way. I think you're well on your way. So we've talked about consistency. We've talked about attainability. We've talked about relevance. The fourth big element is flexibility. Dave, how can a routine be flexible? I thought the idea was the routine is the same thing every single day. Well, yes, and life right? Life doesn't always allow the exact same window of time, the same order for those things to take place. Trust me, I have to operate like a cyborg, like an actual robot. I try to walk through what I do very monotonously every single day in the same order, because if I don't, I just don't tend to keep up at it. But I also have four kids who play sports and instruments and do musical theater and we're learning how to do distance learning. And intermittently, I will start traveling again. And at some point, we'll have work or weather or something else that all y'all have. But also, you have to be open to tweaking things happening at a specific time, in a specific order, on the days when life gets in the way. I've also, I've been super honest on this front, which makes this piece of advice come from a place of privilege that I don't want to discount, right? I have been fortunate to have help over the years in the form of an assistant or a caretaker like a nanny with the kids 
that have afforded me a little more reliability with my routines in the morning, not shifting as much. And yet, I'm still going to spend Sundays front-loading. I'm still going to plan out my week ahead of times because I know things will inevitably come up. Your ability to get ahead of your week in a way that allows you some flexibility in planning around the way that life will inevitably get in the way sometimes, it's going to give you permission to cut left or cut right as the needs of your humans call for it and the ability to keep your momentum even if one day looks a bit different from the next. All right. The fifth thing is simplicity. Simplicity. For something to work forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever, it can't be too complicated. There are already so many headwinds in the chaos of life that the routine that you build has to stay simple, especially if you're building one for the first time or jumping back into one after having let it slide. Think basics. And then build on those basic principles over time. Here's the thing. I'm going to take you through my routine today. And it has grown from something that was simpler, that started simple and evolved into something that is more complex. But it's done so over a decade plus worth of time. When I was just starting, it was important to focus on just a couple of staples. And I would encourage you to focus on the staples that will make the biggest difference. This is part of the reason, by the way, that we've done things like Five to Thrive as a part of a community challenge in something like last 90 days. Grabbing just five things and asking if you can simply commit to gratitude, to getting up an hour earlier, to moving your body for 30 minutes, to giving up a category of food that doesn't bless your body, and to drinking half your body weight in ounces of water, if you just did those five simple things, that they'd have a massive impact on how you feel. Here's the thing. Those five things are great and work really well for me and a lot of people in this community, but they don't have to be your five. Find the five or or whatever number it ends up being, simple, meaningful pillars that are going to set you up for success in a way that doesn't become too complicated or in it becoming cumbersome gives you an excuse, a reason to not stay committed to it because of it not being simple enough. All right. And the sixth thing is integrity. Integrity. We talked about this, touched on it last month, but I want to round out the big things that we got to think about here at the start of the class with the reminder of the important question that we started with, that we talked about previously. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? You're here. You are doing this work. Doing this work, it's going to make you feel good about yourself tonight when you put your head down on that pillow because you're going to know you took a step toward who you're becoming by investing this time in you. And when you really get down to it, as much as I'm sure you have a general sense of why routines matter and why it's important for us to do this work today, hear this. The point of a routine is to create alignment between who you say you hope to be and the effort that it takes to get there today, the only day that you can actually control, to keep you headed in the direction of who you want to become. And so the way you feel about yourself will often be a reflection of how you were able to create that congruence between who you aspire to become and the way you showed up for yourself to give yourself the chance to actually get there. Let us go, let's go, let's create some integrity between the vision of who you're becoming and the routine it will take today to help you get there. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited.